automate your pricing plan. There are tools that allow you to test your price points for a bunch of different factors. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Beasley. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com ba.com forward slash eva ladles and jelly spoons welcome back to the call-in show for the e-commerce leader we're here with our usual expert panel over two sides of the pond it's a big old pond it is so we've got uh, carl hamer and jason miles over on the west coast chris green on the east coast and then on the east coast but of a different uh, continent we've got in london england so uh, love London, England. Just makes me laugh every single time. But I guess London, Ontario is not not quite the same. Uh, today we are talking about price gouging versus price optimization in e-commerce. It almost feels like a sort of. It makes me think uh, back to the sort of Soviet era of Russia when you know people would get uh, shot for profiteering, and it's not not a phrase that has sort of come up for a long time. But suddenly it's a thing. So very interesting, very topical uh, area. So gents, welcome to the debate. Let's get cracking with this one. Jason, what are your thoughts on what is the difference between price gouging and price optimization in e-commerce? Yeah. Uh, well, I wish I had a technical answer for that, but I don't. But I, I think at a personal level, I'm going to describe it this way. Uh, I wrote a little book a few years back called Pricing Power. And the, uh, the first principle, there's 12 principles. The first principle is you need a pricing strategy for your business. And if you have a pricing strategy, then you have something that's a guide rail for your own operational practice. Uh, and I think the guide rail would be the thing that would prevent you from gouging. Now, a pricing strategy generally comes in three flavors, um, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. Uh, just kidding. Um, you've got uh, luxury pricing, you've got neutral pricing, and then you've got um, you know, kind of the low cost leader or the low price leader. They, people also call that penetration pricing. So um, those three kind of trajectories are very common for business. And I would say you're optimizing your pricing if you're following your plan uh, and sticking to your, you know, your approach. And you're gouging if you're just, you know, throwing your plan out the window and saying, you know, I'm going to go nuts with my, my pricing strategy here in the short term because I think I can make a buck. Uh, so I don't know if that helps frame the topic at all, but there you go. That's my two cents on it. Interesting. So that's uh, uh, a sort of self-defined by the entrepreneur rather than by the market or governments or anyone else by the sound of it. Okay, Chris, what are your thoughts on this august topic? All right. I got, I got good thoughts because I've dealt with this a lot. And price gouging has a definition. And I think that's what people forget. And there's tons of words in the English language that people don't realize actually have definitions and they use them improperly. And if you're saying in the Amazon, the arbitrage, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage world, where people are price gouging when they're buying toys at uh, you know, Walmart and Target and they're selling them 
in Q4 at Christmas time for three, four, five times the price. And they accuse them, these sellers, of price gouging. That's not price gouging, literally by definition, because toys at Christmas time are not a necessity. So there are laws against price gouging, and they have to deal with things like gasoline during, uh, you know, cleanup from a hurricane. You can't just say, oh, we're going to price our gas at $20 a gallon. No, you can't do that. The government will stop that because at that time, gas is a necessity. Now, we're dealing with this, uh, not just on Amazon, but kind of nationwide, this baby formula shortage. I don't have kids that are on baby formula, so I'm not... Uh, as affected by it. So I'm not following it that closely. But if you think of like, oh, there's this shortage and there's demand, wait a minute, that means the price is going to go up. And if I can find this product, then I can make a profit. Now, finding profit products and making a profit is totally, I mean, that's capitalism, right? But baby formula is a necessity. So Amazon is going to take steps to prevent price gouging uh, as they should. And I mean, we saw this during the beginning of the pandemic with you know hand sanitizer and, and wipes and things like that. Uh, and at the time, those weren't qu- classified as necessities because we never really lived through a pandemic. We really didn't know what we needed and, and all this stuff. Uh, but as it became obvious that they were a necessity, anybody that was price gouging, pricing way too high, uh, you know, got in trouble. Some people lost Amazon accounts. Uh, people got in some pretty big trouble for it. So I want people to remember there is a difference depending on what you're selling. But if you're being accused of price gouging, which sometimes Amazon customers do in the review section and be like, I can't believe you're selling this toy. Yeah, well, you don't have to buy it, right? It's not a necessity. So it's by definition, uh, selling at over retail prices on Amazon is not price gouging. Now, I will kind of give some insider information from Amazon. Uh, of course, anybody that's selling on Amazon for any period of time knows that Amazon has kind of price controls in there of like the warning if you're priced too high or even if you're priced too low. And if you're priced way too high, uh, and it varies by category and by item, they will kind of suspend or suppress the buy box offers and make it harder for customers to find you. They can still find you and buy products from you if they, if they really want to. But Amazon does not want customers looking at Amazon as a high price destina- uh, destination. And this is the behind the scenes info where Amazon has said, look, we don't need to be known as the lowest price destination, but we do want to be known as a low price destination. And this came about because there was an article where people were selling like, like some special edition Frosted Flakes for like $40 a box. And people are like, I can't believe Amazon is selling it. And they don't know the difference between Amazon and third-party sellers. And Amazon is not going to be participating in over-retail pricing or price gouging, but third-party sellers in the marketplace sometimes are. And customers don't know the difference, so Amazon is going to put rules in place. So I know it's a long answer uh, for price gouging, but I think people need to really understand that there's a difference. There is a definition of price gouging, and you need to use it you know, appropriately and properly. I like that. I have to say, as a linguist and a, and a massive pedant as my wife would be the first to tell you that I, I really like proper definitions of words. So thank you, Chris. That's very reassuring to me personally. Um, Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a number. I mean, Chris laid it out pretty well. I mean, there is definite laws on the books for, for price gouging in particular industries, but it's not universal across the board, right? So, and but then certain states do have definitions of what price gouging is. So, if you live in a state, you better be sure about your your own laws where you live uh, in order when you're thinking about your pricing. Now, um. I've, I've heard a lot of definitions around it. And even on Amazon, um, I've seen where if you are respond, if you're moving your prices based on an external um, stimulus, meaning if it's COVID related and you add hand sanitizer and your hand sanitizer sanitizer is now 300% more expensive on your listing, you're probably going to get 
and have an issue with Amazon in terms of price gouging. What I've seen is about a 20, anything above a 20% swing, you need to be mindful of, at least in my experience. Um, now you can, you can gradually grow your price up, but if you jack your price up by 20, over 20%, um, that has a tendency to be, in, in my experience on Amazon, a flagging action, right? Like that's going to be something that's going to raise some eyebrows, particularly if you're in an industry that is hypersensitive to it. So I think fundamentally, though, it kind of comes down to the question of, is are you selling a, a necessity, for example, baby formula, like Chris mentioned, right? And then at what point, just because you can price something at a certain level and people might buy it, is it still the right thing to do? Is like ethically the right choice to make? Do you ethically say I can maximize my profit and squeeze everything out of it? Or do I say, no, this is a fair price for the, for my products. I'm making a profit. Like, where do you draw the line there? I think that's a, a more fundamental question of what you got to decide as a business. Are you going to squeeze every last cent, every last shilling out of your, um, out of your potential client? Or are you going to still leave them on the table, be competitive? And, and, and you know, part of that's going to be a, what the market around you, your competitors are doing, because you're not setting prices in a vacuum, right? Like, that's the other thing people have to keep in mind, is that you should be setting your price, you know, based on what your competitors are doing, either going above them or below them, depending on your strategy and where your, your product sits in sort of that spectrum of goods. Um, so... But the, I think the big question is, what do you decide to do ethically as a company? Yeah, a lot of uh, interesting thoughts there. So it seems like, uh, to summarize so far, there's an internal guide rail that's kind of more about business rational thinking, I guess, from you, Jason. There's the Amazon regulations and government regulations about properly defined price gouging. Thank you, Chris. And Kyle, you're saying about the sort of internal guidance that one gets, you know, as the entrepreneur or the business owner or somebody in involved in running the business. For me, I'm interested in the external guidance, guide rails given by governments, because for starters, they are much harder or they're kind of fluffier, but harder, which is to say governments can take ages to be clear about stuff, but it may mean jail time if you really go mad, whereas Amazon account suspension is pretty major if you only sell on Amazon. That's very relevant in the UK right now, because like a lot of the world, the types of commodities this applies to is really shifting. And uh, the famous one at the moment is that we've got um, BP and Shell headquartered here in the UK, in London, and they have had a lot of profits this year because of uh, oil price going crazy. And there's been talk about a windfall tax. Uh, the government, the chancellor, who's kind of as towards liberal markets, has said initially that would be a disincentive to make profits, which would be true, of course. But it seems that a lot of people are wavering because they're now going to have to pay out a crazy amount of money to kind of see off the massive uh, price hikes in gas, as we call it, and gas as you would call it, which is to say natural gas you heat your home with and uh, gasoline or petrol at the pump, both of which have gone up about 50% in the last few months. So I think it's worth keeping an eye on the regulations. Obviously, in the States, you have, well, states, state governments, which makes life considerably more complex. How that interacts with Amazon, I don't even begin to know. But I think it's worth keeping an eye on, on the government, but also then popular sentiment within your specific market, which doesn't mean, to your point, Chris, the Aldranti person raving with one star review on Amazon, that's going to happen anyway. It doesn't mean angry people on Facebook and, and Twitter, but if there's an overall groundswell of opinion, either across the nation or within a state or within a particular market, I think it's worth keeping an eye on that, which isn't quite an ethical point. It may become a legal point, but it's also a question of brand and your relationship with your audience as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So some thoughts, second round uh, thoughts in response to that. Anyone 
desperate to jump yeah. in. Jason? Yeah, I mean, there's two other factors that we haven't really mentioned, which is, one, all business operators are going through an intense process of uh, rediscovery of pricing on their on their cost of goods side. And uh, cost of goods are going nuts. Um, and so, you know, that that's a factor that means you're either going to adjust your pricing or you're going to crater your profit margin. Those are, I mean, or, or become more efficient as a business. I mean, there, there are only a few levers to pull. So uh, that's a, definitely a factor. So whether you need to or can raise your prices by 10, 20, 30% might not be a function of uh, capitalist, you know, <laughs> desire and greed. It might be a function of, I have to make a profit to keep my business going. Therefore I'm raising my prices. Uh, I told Michael the other day that the, um, the my mentor, uh, has, uh, has, a, is a restaurateur and he has, um, mayonnaise packets he gets. And the box of mayonnaise packets went from a, a you know, a, a box for him as a, as a big, uh, you know, uh, item, $11 for the box to $36. So they tripled. And those, those are a giveaway thing for him. He, he's not, he, he's not monetizing that. It's just, it's just the, you know, uh, you know, out on the counter type thing. So um, that's the reality for many business operators. They're looking at, at how to redeem the, the, the mess they're in by raising prices. Point number two, I just mentioned is some businesses have pricing power and some don't. Uh, you you know you're in a good business when you can raise your prices and nothing bad happens in terms of uh, consumer sentiment or behavior. And um, the optimal path in that regard is to raise your prices systematically uh, in keeping with the times and uh, running your business effectively, uh, leveraging the pricing power you have. That's the smart move. So um, that's not socialism, that's capitalism, but you don't want to be you know, out of whack with it. But it's just reality. Some businesses have better pricing power uh, and to not um, identify that and understand it in your business is to make a massive error. Um, and so I think those two things are important to keep in mind. It isn't just the egalitarian thing to do, raise prices or not raise prices. There's brutal reality for business operators in the back end, which we all, of course, uh, realize as we're running our businesses. So I don't know if that helps at all, but there you go. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It's uh, There's often a perception amongst consumers who, in the same breath, will go around and, and ask their boss for a 10% raise twice a year if the inflation's going crazy, right? Uh, Chris, any thoughts on that? I think we really haven't talked about um, how time sensitive price gouging is because price gouging really it's very strongly connected uh, you know, to time. There's going to be times where you can price gouge or where you can sell at an over retail price. And some of those times are just like, hey, it's Q4, it's Christmas time and I got my hustle on and I've got all these products. And yes, I'm going to make a profit from the parents who are willing and able to pay a premium for these hard to find toys. It's because it's not a necessity. But at the same time, you know, we're throwing around words like capitalism, monopolies, competition. These are all things that affect the market and affect the price. If someone's price gouging, if someone's making too much money, someone's going to come in and compete, right? Or time is going to change and go by and be like, hey, yeah. that demand's not there anymore. Everybody that wanted that $99 toy for $400 now has it. So that part of the demand curve is now gone. Now you're down to the 300 and the 250s and the 200s. And the th things, things are going to change. There's a famous quote from Jeff Bezos that I think everybody should remember, especially Amazon sellers, especially the arbitrage sellers is that your margin is someone else's opportunity. So if you're making good money, or if you're making too much money, someone's going to come in and say, you know what, I can do that and I'll do it for less. And that's where the market's kind of come to equilibrium. And especially when you're on a marketplace like Amazon, where Amazon retail is a player, 
to come in and say, I mean, Amazon tracks Walmart and Target. They know what, what that box of cereal sells for at Walmart. And if they look and they're like, wait a minute, we are not competitively priced. Our third-party marketplace is not supplying this product at a competitive price for our customers. Remember, it doesn't have to be the lowest price, but it does need to be a low-priced destination. That's when you're in trouble and Amazon retail comes in and undercuts you. Amazon retail will come in and say, look, you guys are not providing this at a competitive price. We will do it ourselves. And Amazon retail doesn't want to do that. I, I, In a perfect world, market equilibrium, Amazon retail only sells loss leaders because the third-party marketplace supplies everything else at a competitive price. Amazon will leave you alone if you're at a competitive price. But if you're flipping you know, target brand products for 3X on Amazon, Amazon's going to notice and they're going to suppress the buy box and they're going to bring, they're going to do things about it. So there's times where, yeah, you can make money flipping, you know, like retail, retail arbitrage products, Q4 type stuff, stay away from the price gouging, but it's, it's a complicated system. And you got to remember, you're here to provide value to a customer. And if you're not doing that, you're going to go out of business. Eventually time's going to go by and your opportunities are going to disappear. Yeah, I like that. Just uh, just to come in on that, I think the idea that markets get back into equilibrium, I think is is correct. I guess, am I a free market liberal? I don't know. The, the reality is that most markets are way more controlled by governments than anyone free market sort of hardcore person likes to admit, including, I must say, the US. So Milton Friedman has probably been more you know implemented in the UK than in the US, I would argue, particularly under Thatcher onwards. But nevertheless, even if you don't interfere with the government, there's going to be an almighty gap between the high price and then the correction so they say that the the solution in the oil industry the solution for high prices is high prices so in other words if prices are high lots of people enter the market and supply stuff more supply means that the price comes down that can take a very long time with certain types of products and i wonder whether that means that there's going to be such a painful gap and it's going to last for so long that we're going to see quite a lot of changes in regulation whether by amazon which is a quasi-governmental body for anyone who sells on it or actual governments i don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that kyle obviously you haven't let you had a have a say yet so no i mean i think just kind of summarizing it i you know you have inputs in your own business right like that jason mentioned with inflationary pressures and I think that that's a completely reasonable. And I think if you're not raising your prices or evaluating your prices, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, right? Like you're going to be losing money. At the same time, to Chris's point, price gouging specifically is very time bound. And it's it's usually driven by some other external uh, factor, right? So in this case, with the baby formula stuff, there's just a shortage. And so people are buying it, you know, and hoarding it and then turning it around and flipping it, you know, on facebook marketplace or whatever right or offer up and and so they're trying to trying to make a buck out of that and i think the difference between you know i guess for me around price gouging and optimization comes down to choices for the consumer if the consumer doesn't have a choice right like like for example i read this article about this this lady whose baby requires a specific type of formula because of allergies right it needs to be this hypoallergenic they have to have this right and if they're given them, and that's the only option that they have, and people are like buying it up in bulk and then trying to flip it for like 400% of what they bought it for, you know, like she doesn't, that person doesn't have a choice, right? They don't, they can't be like in the toy market on Q4 and be like, oh, I actually, I, have a, I can just go buy this other, I have, I'll have an alternative. So I think that should be weighed into it uh, for sure. But I do think that you have to optimize your prices. You have to be aware of it. It doesn't happen in a, in a, uh, uh, in a um, vacuum, like your pricing is affected by the marketplaces you're on. And, and to Chris's point too, 
I would say this, like Amazon, even if you're a third party marketplace seller and you have a, and you have a product and you're selling on Amazon and it sells on Walmart, they're actually looking at the price on Walmart and other, in other marketplaces as well. And you will actually get, uh, you'll actually lose the buy box to what's called a pricing error on Amazon. If your price is not matched uh, to your Walmart pricing and you can kind of get in reprice rewards, even with yourself, even if you were the, uh, even if you uh, run the listing on both of them, or maybe you're using a, a wholesaler and they're selling it on one of these other platforms, you can actually get in a pricing battle with yourself, with your own products uh, across those, uh, those platforms and actually losing sales on Amazon because now the buy box is no longer available for the people to buy. And, uh, and you have to go through a couple of other steps to actually buy the product, which kills your conversion. So, you have to be aware. It, it all happens. There's a lot of inputs that are occurring into it. I think it kind of goes down what's the best for your customer and what's the best for your business. Because if you're also trying to, to serve and balance that out, I think you're going to be in, in a good place. They sound like a very, very simple but healthy questions. And to your point, Chris, if you're not providing value, then ultimately the market will punish you. And that's the ultimate corrective mechanism and that reminds me of another Jeff Bezos quote which is we should be aware of our competitors we we should fear our customers and, and uh, as an Amazon seller I can absolutely attest that he's succeeded in creating an environment where I fear the customers because of their power to give a one-star review which could you know destroy an entire Amazon account I've seen that and a friend of mine is taking months to come back from that so in the end, I guess that's probably where the power should be, right, with the consumers. So, gents, I would suggest a practical takeaway round, then a quick round. What are our practical takeaways for e-commerce operators to sort of try and get their heads around price optimization versus price gouging in e-commerce? Uh, let's start with you, Jason. Yeah, I'd say have a pricing plan for your business and stick to it and articulate it, write it down, share it with your team, uh, go deep into your own plan uh, and monitor your own costs very carefully. That's my best suggestion, I think. Excellent suggestion. Um, Chris? I would remind all sellers to just be aware of the market price and the difference between necessities and non-necessities when it comes to over-retail pricing versus price gouging. Because over-retail, big deal. Someone can not buy something and buy something else. But if you get a, like, if you get busted for price gouging on Amazon, you can lose your entire business, especially if you're like very heavy on Amazon. It's not worth it just for a... To, you know, squeeze a few bucks out of a single ASIN at you know, one point in time. It's not worth it, in my opinion. And some people may have to learn that lesson the hard way. I hope they don't. Yeah, I agreed with that. And just one little point on top of that. I use Uber a lot, which has um, surge pricing, just as a sort of thing that, that airlines have these days. And the brand relationship that I find myself and my wife having with it, my wife uses it a lot more than me, is uh, not great. I think if you have violent swings in pricing, at least to from the consumer, this is very unscientific, but I think it can lead to a, a poor relationship with the brand from the consumer. So that's one reason I think that Amazon quite rightly steps in and says we don't want to see those extreme fluctuations, which isn't quite the same as high or low price, right? So some kind of stability to pricing, I think, is important as well. Kyle, let's take it home. Practical advice, Practical advice automate your pricing plan. So Jason says, have a pricing plan for your business, but when possible, automate it. What I mean by that, there are tools that allow you to test your price points for a bunch of different factors. You can optimize it for conversion rate. You can optimize it for ideally profitability because there's going to be a range in which the conversion rate your customer wants to buy and maybe your price too low. 
outside of other external factors around uh, supply chain, but maybe just your price in the market is too low and you need to raise it. A quick example of this is a few years ago in our Amazon business, we had a one of our sketchbooks. I was like, are we really competitive? I mean, we're, we're, we're priced competitively, but are we too competitive? Are we actually too cheap? And so we ran a, a split test and we ended up actually making more money and more sales at like a $2 higher price point than what we did when we were at actually a lower price point. And so we actually literally added $2 per unit in profit to the, to that sketchbook for every single sale. And the only reason we got to that data is that we actually tested it and we tested it automatically. We set it up to run. We let it do its thing. It tested different price points within a range that we set it for. And we optimized for the ideal price point for profitability. I would encourage you to do that in your own business within all possible. Absolutely love that. And what I really like, Jens, is that I think we've come up with some quite rational um, responses to what can be a very emotive subject, which is super important for any business owner, right? We've got to keep our heads screwed on while all around us are losing theirs and blaming them on you. That's a quote from Rudyard Kipling. There you go. Very British way to, to bring this to a close. Um, so, folks, if you have enjoyed the e-commerce leader uh, hot sh takes show, I can even speak English today, then do come and check us out on the nearest uh, app that you can use for uh, podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, to name but two of the many platforms we're on. And do give us uh, a bit of love with a star rating on Apple. And you can even do that on Spotify as well now. Thanks so much for joining us today and for joining us in our debate on the e-commerce leader. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.